The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Happy Friday. Thanks for joining us this morning as we take a few minutes out of our day uh, to worship the Lord. And we're in just to study his word for a moment. We're glad you're with us. Hope you're looking forward to a great weekend and some time off and just a great opportunity to join us Sunday as we worship together. And we're looking forward to that as well. Uh, if you're following along, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, we're coming again towards the end of 2 Corinthians. And uh, the context in the passage we're in at the moment uh, deals with the idea that Paul has been to an extent, defending himself against the accusations of these false teachers. These false teachers had invaded the church. Uh, the false teachers had come in, and they were you know, obviously teaching false, but they were one of their answers was to criticize Paul. And by the way, you're going to see that, I think we might have said this, but see this in any kind of political or cultural debate. If somebody can't prove you wrong with content, what they have to do is they have to attack the character of the person. And so if someone wants to prove another preacher wrong and they can't do that through Scripture, they say that person's a liar or that whatever. And so that's what's happening here is they can't really prove him wrong and they want their teachings to be followed. So they attack what they claim to be the ability and the character of Paul. And so now Paul has been taking in that scenario this time uh, to an extent to defend himself. And he's been boasting, uh, he used it, it's, it's silly, but he's been boasting on his knowledge, his ability, the fact that he's been used of God. And we just talked yesterday about the idea that he was boasting a bit on the vision that he had gotten from God and really just sharing, listen, I am who I claim to be. Um, I am different than these other men. There was a distinction between me and the true teaching of Word of God and these false teachers. And it was some, some so there's some good principles over the last few episodes we've had, last few days as we've looked at some principles that we can do in deciphering um, somebody who desires to serve God, who's in it to bring people to Jesus and, and teach Jesus and point people to Jesus and magnify Jesus, then someone who's in it for our personal gain. Uh, today's an interesting one because he just got done in the verses we talked about yesterday talking about this vision, whether he was asleep and he saw a vision, whether he went to heaven in physical form, he could not explain, but he was able to see the supernatural realm, able to see a glimpse of heaven and a, really a tour of heaven. And he's just some things I can't even describe about heaven and the reality of it. And it's just, he, sh- he shouldn't have to, it's just too different for us than what we can see. But he's able to see it, which we talked about the great perspective it gave him for vision. But then he talks in a, in a more of a popular passage that people refer to in Paul is he's going to talk about what he's referred to as the thorn in the flesh. So let's go ahead and read in verse number seven. Paul says, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations. He said, all these things that I've told you, unless that I come to the point where I think I'm better than everyone else and I'm really good and I think great of myself. He says at the end, second half of that verse, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure. So here's a couple things you see. First of all, a thorn of the flesh was given to him. Right, this is something that was brought into his life with a purposeful contact, but he goes, it was a messenger of Satan to buffet me. A constant reminder that he is the enemy. Satan is the enemy. A constant reminder of the enemy, a constant reminder of his own weakness, his own infirmity. And so here's what he said he did with this. Concerning, verse 8, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might, be, that it might depart from me. 
Here's what he said in verse 9. He, or the Lord, said to him, more said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul's response was, therefore, most gladly what I, what I, most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So here's what he's saying. Now, a lot of the debate has been over what was this thorn in the flesh? What was this physical ailment? that Paul was dealing with. And there's not a whole lot of information to tell us exactly what it is. Um, If you go study Galatians, there's a time in Galatians where Paul is kind of, uh, I don't want to say, he's kind of confronting the church. He's talking to the church and he's talking to them about this idea that he says, I loved you and I taught you in the truth. It was a time you would have given your eye for me if you could have, but now you won't believe me. So most of us in passages like that run to the idea through that passage and others like it that Paul probably had an issue with his eye. There was a sore, it wasn't, you know, something wrong with it, an obvious problem that might have been visible to other people, especially was a daily struggle for him. He goes, and so on three different occasions, he came to Jesus and came to the Lord and begged him to heal him of this thing. Uh, God could have done that. Please remember, there was a very unique relationship between Paul and God. So this is something Paul could have expected to have happened and probably wondered why not. And so as he's begging God, he three different times he pleaded with God to remove it, and God simply said no. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And so what God came back to and said, listen, you you can't, you have to learn that you can't do ministry, you can't do life on your own strength. So my strength is, is, my grace is sufficient for you. It's what he's referencing. The grace that I offer through these battles. So in our day and age, it's going to be the battle of the things, places at work, the battle of the the challenges that come with family, the challenges that come with life, the challenges that come with work, the challenges that come with what they call mental illness today, and all the things that come with the struggles of that. I have been given enough grace for today to be able to deal with it. It might be a, a disease diagnosis. It might be a loved one who's passed away. And when you, you, you would acknowledge with me, when you've been in those scenarios, it is amazing how God just does give an extra measure of grace, this, this unexplainable peace when everything should be falling around you, and that's God's grace. Now, you say, well, I'm worried about tomorrow, next week. God only gives you the grace for today, and he'll give you for the grace for next week when it comes. But he is saying, my grace is sufficient. He goes, he goes his, this is the way to put it. He goes, God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. And that's one of the things he wants us to recognize. He says, Paul, I want you to always be around. So I think the reason God allowed it to stay, because Paul had a lot of ability. He's shown that. He says, I want you to constantly rely on me. Can I tell you, it's one of the greatest things God can do for us. Most of us will be the first to admit we don't like it, but to constantly be reminded of our need for God as our source of strength is one of the greatest gifts God can give us. He gives us the strength as we need it because if we have enough strength in ourselves, we'll never come back to God because we're selfish beings. And this constant need for strength is one of the things that keeps us close to God, keeps us abiding in him, as it says in the book of John. He finishes in the last verse. This is Paul's conclusion from this. After the prayer and all those things, as I've come to this conclusion in verse 10, therefore I take pleasure, catch this, pleasure in infirmities. Kind of a crazy thought, but with the right perspective, it makes sense. If, if God's strength has made perfect in my weakness, and I'm going to glory in my weakness, so that in that, God can do even more in and through me. So therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, 
then am I strong. He goes, I found that my true strength is in God's grace and God's strength. And it's through that. So I take pleasure in that. I take pleasure in the things that God brought into me because I will see God's working in my life. I will see God's supply from my need. And I will see God do great things in and through me. So I embrace the things that God allows into my life that in turn, they can be used to glorify and magnify God. I'm telling you, that's not always easy to do. You know, Paul's been on the other side of this. He's saying, because of everything God taught me, obviously he didn't take this initial embracing of this the first time he asked God to heal him, or the second time. You say, why? Because he'd asked him again. So the first two times, this was not Paul's initial response, or else he wouldn't have asked again. It was finally after the third time where God says, no, we're not going to do this. And so in that case, Paul finally embraced what God said, he took the no as God's answer as a good thing. And in doing that, he said, okay, then I'm going to glory in this so that the power of Christ would rest upon me, that I can be seen through this weakness, I can become strong through Christ. Not my own strength, through the strength of Christ. Easy to say, not always easy to do, but as you grow in Christ and allow him to work in this, you will find it's definitely something that is real and is life-changing. Thanks again for joining us throughout this week and giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. I greatly appreciate it. I uh, hope you have a great weekend. We're going to pick back up here Monday morning. So hope you join us as we continue the next two verses in chapter 12. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again, tomorrow, uh, again on Monday.